Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. And this week we have a real treat for you. If you were watching the MK3D online show that went up on the BFI's YouTube channel about a week ago, you'll know that one of the guests on that show was the great Andy Serkis. Now, obviously, on the BFI YouTube channel, the show is only around an hour long. We have several guests, so we have to cut those interviews down. However, here on Kermode on Film, we're able to enjoy longer versions of those interviews. So last week, we heard from Monica Dolan and Simon Bird about their new film Days of the Bagnell Summer and we heard from the great Jason Isaacs. This week we were able to sit back and spend some quality time with the one and only Andy Serkis. So Andy, welcome to the show, albeit virtually. How the hell are you? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? Because it's a very surreal situation and uh, you know, being at home with the family is is uh, locked away from everything is has its benefits. It's very nice to see everybody and spend time with them, obviously when you look out into the far world, you know, the world beyond and see what everybody's going through and the suffering that people are going through and, and, uh, and, and, the, and the misery and the, and the distress and all of that, that's, it's, so I've sort of flipped between those two worlds really, I suppose, on a constant moment to moment basis, uh, both feeling lucky that I'm sort of safe, touch wood indoors and uh, with the family and, and, and just, you know, yeah, just, just kind of concerned about, about, about people, get you know people getting through this i don't know where you live where are I, you I, I'm, in, I'm in oxfordshire so I, I, I we've been holed up in um a barn basically for 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 the for the duration you know for the duration um I, i've also been editing um so i've been going into work and i've been lucky enough to continue working on uh, on venom as well so so you know that's 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 been I mean that's been a blessing, really. We we just wrapped on 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 Venom too, just as just as everything was going into lockdown. But we, so my editor then had to move to the states and um, uh, back to the states where he lives, and uh, and we've been doing it remotely. So so that's 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 what I've been doing. So what can you t- what can you tell us, if anything, about Venom? What can um, we expect? Oh, I can't. You know, I mean, the, the studio police will be down on me. Like a, <laughs> I, you know, I've already been told off a number of times. But, um, but I, 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 you know, it's been delayed. Obviously, it's coming. It's coming out next June now, which is exciting because it's a really great date. It's you know, uh, bang in the middle of June. So, so it's going to be have a, it'll have a summer opening. But we've and and also we've got more time to work on it. And and that yeah. was, it was always going to be a rush to get it made in time. Um, but it's very exciting. Uh, very exciting. And I really had a you know a wonderful. Show and um I, I mean that's i can't tell you too much more time there's so so long to go away okay and uh, and i imagine that exactly the same answer applies to batman 
exactly the same answer, even more so. Uh, I have to be, because I've already been, you know, castigated for opening my mouth inappropriately. <laughs> have you, sorry, without, I, I don't want you to tell me anything that you shouldn't tell me, but have you been, have you ever been told off for saying more than it? Because I know, I know it must be really, really difficult. I remember really clearly Simon Mayo interviewing Killian Murphy. Um, I think it was when Inception was out and he was asking him a question about um, the, the next Chris Nolan. And Killian said, I, well, I can't, I, can't, I can't say anything about it. And Simon said, well, just tell us whether you're in it. And Killian Murphy said, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you even that. And Simon yeah. said, why not? And he said, because I've signed a piece of paper, which Simon said, which means you're in it because you wouldn't possibly have signed it. But it must be really strange because the, the length of time ahead that you work on these kind of things, at any one time, the thing that you're talking about cannot be the thing that you are working on in oh, that moment. Oh, always. I mean, that's that's just the way, the way it is. You know, you're constantly kind of um, thinking back to that the moment, trying to relive moments that were a year and a half ago. Often on these on on, on the films, certainly that I've been working on in, in the recent past. You know, so so it is it is very strange because obviously people assume that it's a current thing and they're and they're plugged into it as they should be and very excited about it coming out but but like you say off, often it's it's such a long period of time um since you since you were going through it um but that's but that that i, I know it is and, it, and your and your mind is focused on the job in hand and at the same time you're sort of dredging up all of the all of the things that you you know which is also part of the job of course yeah. in, in, in this world but you did you did very recently i mean this is in the very recent past the the, the, the hobbit read the hobbitathon which yes. must which must be fresh and so to, to d describe that for me what was it like it was you know so it was exactly a week ago today actually and um uh, it, it was really intense um deep dive into I've, i mean i've never done uh, you look i've done all audio books before but it's a completely different thing you can stop you can go back you can edit you can you know yeah. you can fluff stuff which i did when i was doing hobbit on by the way um but on on this it was it was like a live you know it was like i wanted to give it like a live performance feel and so so i play you know i did voices for all the characters and all the rest of it but it was it was incredible i had i think i had four two minute or three minute breaks in 11 hours and and the rest of it was just kind of read, reading it and and i really i, I kind of went for it because i i chose that because you know talking about being able to get out and if you like being out in nature, um, you know, the, the, there is no greater story in a way for, for going off on an adventure and, um, and experiencing middle earth and, uh, and an extraordinary world and feeling, you know, I, I love, as you know, I'm a mountaineer and a climber and I love the outside. I love out, out, outdoor world. And, and yeah. I just really, really feel for people who are trapped in a, in a in an apartment or a, a block or that you know they literally haven't can't even open a window or, or, or get out onto a balcony so i wanted to take people on an adventure um and i thought well this this would be you know not quite captain tom going around the garden on 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 his uh, frame but 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 the idea of going on an, a, a, a journey with 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 everybody if they wanted to join in and do it all in one hit uh, and also i did it for for the nhs and for uh, yeah and for Best Beginnings, which is a charity that I'm an ambassador for. Chapter five, riddles in the dark. When Bilbo opened his eyes, he wondered if he had, for it was just as dark as with them shut. No one was anywhere near him. 
He just imagined his fright. He could hear nothing. He could see nothing. He could feel nothing except the stone of the floor. Very slowly he got up and he groped about on all fours till he touched the wall of the tunnel, but neither up nor down could he find anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. No signs of goblins, no signs of dwarves. His head was swimming and he was far from certain even of the direction that they had been going when he had his fall. I really enjoyed it. I really screwed up quite a lot of it. And I really um, <laughs> lost my mind about halfway through when I didn't know. I was reading pages that I didn't remember reading when I, when I got through it. I'm like, I, I had a whole chunks of it I don't even remember doing. It was quite an extraordinary thing. So did you, did you rehearse for it at all? Or did you, it was literally, you were coming, I mean, I obviously read it before. But did you, did you rehearse like the day before? Or did you get, go through? I did chunks of reading, like, I, I, like training for a marathon, you know, I, mm. I, I sort of read 20 pages, 30 pages out loud, 40 pages out loud in, in the lead up to it, just to, you know, get the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, you know, get, get all that going. Um, and, and, and get back into it because of course I did I mean I read it as a kid and I read it obviously when we were working on the movies and uh, but um, but not for a, a while so and there, and there are chunks in it where I literally started off thinking it was Gandalf speaking and then it was Thorin and <laughs> so I had to change character mid paragraph and you know all of those things and because at the end it says said Gandalf you know it's just like oh, I think it's Thorin but it's funny because that's the, I mean, I've, you know, I've done, I've done audio, but every book that I've written, I've done the audio book of, and it's always taken, you know, six separate recording days because they say, you know, you do a couple of hours. I go, Oh, it's easy. I mean, I'll just, how long, how hard can it be? I'm just going to, I'll read six down. And of course, as you say, you go back, you do retakes and everything, but also you just get, I mean, this, this sounds so pathetic when people are actually out doing jobs that involve building houses and, you know, you go, but reading stuff out loud is really tiring. It's really <laughs> surprising, isn't it? Concentration. It's concentration, isn't it? It just blows after a while. That's, that's the thing. Are um, you managing to play any music whilst all this is happening? Um, do you know, I haven't. I'm sure you've been able to, though, haven't you? Because I know I really wanted to join you on your show, and I was really sorry yeah. not to do that. And it just was it, impossible. It just happened to be an impossible time, you know, with with uh, with with Venom actually. With you know, you know, that Venom movie got in the way of us getting together. <laughs> um, you know, um, but I'm um, so yes. Uh, so I've, no, I've not had much much of a chance. Although I'd I'd love to. Well, listen, I, I, I want, I, what I want is I want you to come on the, on the live show when all this is through and whenever that is. And, you know, I want you to come on the live show and I want you to, 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 to play with us because we've had loads and loads of, you know, musical guests, which has been lovely and oh, you know, right. David Arnold and Neil Brand and, oh, and everything, but I want you on the show playing oh, with us. Um, but um, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of interested in for everybody is have you been listening to music? Has there been some, anything, a piece of music that's got you through this? Is there something that you use as a, like a comfort record? Because I have been playing over and over again. This is so cheesy, but the Mark Knopfler soundtrack to Local Hero, which I could just put on and, and it just takes me away. Is there, is there any music that you've been listening to? I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I, I've been listening to uh, John Coltrane's "A Love Supreme." Actually, that's what I, that, that's what it's a, such an amazing kind of. I mean, I, yeah, as you know, I'm a bit of a jazzer, and I, 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 yeah. I, I play tenor sax, and he's always been my hero. So, uh, but I've been, I just find that so 
trans, you know, it just transports you into another. Uh, you know, it is. It's like it is like going on a journey with it every time, every single yeah. time. Yeah. So, so that's definitely uh, definitely been a lot of that. It's much to the rest of my household's dismay. So. Now, I, 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 I may have told you in advance that I wanted you to choose a couple of films, both um, a, a guilty pleasure and a film that changed your life. Um, which one do you want to go for first? Uh, the guilty pleasure, I think, um, which, is, which is actually, this is the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, Seth Rogen, um, James Franco, Danny McBride, yeah. Tony Hill all my you know all those guys uh trapped in uh, you know in an apocalypse um but i just keep i it cheers me up constantly because it's so it, it, and, and i actually got to know seth i actually got to know seth um as he was making that film um we, we had a few meetings and and he showed me stuff before it actually came out and so so I, and i i laughed my socks off then but it constantly makes me howl with laughter i mean literally weep with <laughs> laughter and it's and it, it, i i've and my family have seen it a, a lot too and i i you know it's the, the performances are so great and so and, and because they're playing versions of themselves, it's very, you know, it's just wonderfully, <laughs> it's it, it just what they, it's just wonderfully f fresh and, and, and brilliant. And, uh, you know, but, but it's also about friendship and it was all sort of, you know, it's about their relationships for real. So, so it's, it's a, it has that double edged thing, which really keeps me entertained. So I, that, that I, I do watch, um, you know, it's a relatively modern movie, but I, I, I would say that is probably my greatest guilty pleasure if I'm feeling like I need cheering up in any way. You actually not know what happened last night? Daniel, you may want to stay seated for a second. Some really messed up stuff happened and there were a lot of fatalities. Oh, really? You're putting your serious voice on Jonah? Okay, tell me about these fatalities. Dude, Siegel's dead. Crumholz is dead. Michael Sarah's dead. Yes, and Michael Sarah's gone. It's not a total loss, huh? <laughs> Jesus, Danny. Michael Sarah's dead. On. It's not like that. It's not funny, man. It's really not funny. Seth, that's a better performance than you've given in your last six movies. Where the fuck was that in Green Hornet, huh? Jonah, you're fucking sucking balls. You're an Academy Award nominated person. You need to be fucking selling that shit, dude. Fatalities. There was some fatalities. Fatalities. Okay, now that was good. When you say they play versions of themselves, I think one of the things about that movie that is really interesting is that there's a couple of characters who are playing versions of themselves, and it's the closeness to what you imagine that they would be like, but also a cruel version of themselves, which is yeah. which is actually quite brave. You know, there's a couple of a couple of performances you think, wow, because people will look at this and think that is what you're like. <laughs> And the, exactly, examining themselves, you know, putting a microscope up, uh, you know, rather to putting themselves under a microscope um, and really kind of eviscerating themselves. I think they do, which is it's very brave. And 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 that's why that's exactly that's part, partly why I, I'm really taken with it. What, what's the movie in which you've played something that's actually closest to you? It's a really good question because. I do tend to play parts which are a lot further away from me, I suppose. Um, I, did a <laughs> I did a film many, many years ago, uh, 
called called the Jolly Boys Last Stand, which no one will probably have ever heard of. Um, but but it was but that was that was a it was actually one of the earliest films that kind of used a dig digital photography uh, you, right. you know digital cameras um and it was like a it was like a documentary it was sort of office style kind of uh, storytelling i suppose uh, yeah. people were aware of the camera it was you know that that kind of thing and i suppose i was playing i was playing a character that was that that, that yeah that, that was not far away from myself i wasn't having to do anything particularly to travel towards the character to transform or you know it was very much me it was very much me i suppose um, is that is that is that easier or more difficult than playing a character that is completely different to you because i remember asking you once when i we were talking about your portrayal of ian dury who you had really got inside the skin of but you said you know i was saying we are there similarities you said no we are we are such different characters that one of the things that you had found the the way that you were going to go was 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 because you were so different as people i think that's right i mean the, the, it is you know it's always a process of um you know when you're approaching a role or you're t thinking of taking a role on it's just like where does the venn diagram cross over between you and your experience i mean you're always using your own experience you're always using your you know ultimately it's your perception your take on how, you know wh where do i where do i meet this character um you know what what are the where is the commonality where is the common ground what's the you know what what where do we cross over uh, and, and usually my venn diagrams are sort of very sort of if you can see sort of sort of they're tiny little meeting points really i suppose but, they, but you have to have them whatever character you're playing even even a character like ian brady you know what is and, and, and I'm, I'm jumping ian's for a second because that was you know i would like to think i'm nowhere near what ian brady's like but mm. you have to think how can i how can i get inside the head of someone who could do what he did and i found it's you know you use means of um you know they validated he and Myra Hindley, for instance, validated their their lives by 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 and, and Myra Hindley said of Ian Brady, for instance, that she found it the most beautiful thing in the world to, standing on the moors with him at night under the moon, having committed the acts that they've done and they've done. And I had to think, well, what are, what validates my life? What is the most extraordinary thing that makes me feel alive? Um, you know, and that was witnessing the birth of my children. So while I'm playing Ian Brady, I'm thinking about you know, seeing my children being born at home in, you know, they're all, they're all born in, in, in our house. So, so it was like, it's, you transpose, it's all about, tra you know, transposing, I suppose. But I do find, I do find on the whole, um, to answer your question, uh, characters that are further away, I, I feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I feel more comfortable taking big, bigger journeys, I suppose. I mean, I look at an, an actor like someone like Isabel Huppert, and I, I just marvel at someone who, uh, who can be so totally tr emotionally truthful, seemingly like exactly how that, if you met them on the street, they would be exactly like that. You know, she does, it, whatever role she plays, she seems to make it feel like she is that person. In a, I know that sounds absurd, but do you know what I mean? It's sort of, she's extraordinary. And I look at her and go, I could never do that in a million years. You know, that's just not me. I have, to, I have to crawl around, jump around, and do things. You know, it is amazing. I mean, the Isabel Huppert thing is, is is astonishing because when you look at the the, the breadth of her career, I mean, you know, it, 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 I always forget she's in Heaven's Gate. 
I mean, <laughs> amidst everything else, she's you know she's kind of the the the, the female lead in Heaven's Gate. No, and just an, an extraordinary career. Um, also, it's worth saying that you know of your portrayal of of Ian Brady, obviously Samantha Morton is such a big part of that. Oh, okay. um, you know, of, of that 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 combination, and she's been a guest on the show before, and I think she's one of the finest actors working today and i'm sure it must have been a, a real pleasure to, to 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 work with her well it, weirdly i mean i mean i know samantha very well i've worked with her many times but weirdly on that on that particular film we didn't get to work together at all because we were separated we were in we were in different cells you know in, in different in different prisons at different points in history so so our paths never actually crossed weirdly but 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 um but no i, I agree i mean she is she's a phenomenon she really is she's a ter terrific actress just you know so present so so totally real and and you know c c just connected to the moment i mean really extraordinary mm. So the other thing I wanted to ask you was the film that changed your life. And this is a film that's important to you, a film that has a particular meaning to you. What did you choose? I actually chose Apocalypse Now, actually. Not, perhaps not very original. I'm sure you've had lots of people who have said this before. Countless people, in fact. But, um, but that is the fact. That is, the, that is true. I, I remember seeing it um, when I was about 14, 15 years old. Um, I saw it in uh, you know 70 millimeter and and it and it just just blew my blew my head off really um it, you know I, I saw it very early on when it came out and i'd been really tempted by the incredible posters and you know just like really draw, really drawn to the visuals of that and then and and the and the graph just the graphic of the poster actually the the, the typography you know and uh and, I, and I, when I went to see it, it was just, I had never been so transported by a movie ever in my life. And uh, just went on the journey. And, if, and and it's, again, it's one that I return to constantly because because it's such a powerful, you know, the levels it works on, the metaphors it, it uses, the, the, the story it's telling at its base level, um, the performances, just everything, everything about it, I just found kind of intoxicating and, uh, and 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 you know made me really take notice of, of how powerful film can be this is the end beautiful friend this is the end my only friend the end of You have a preferred version of it because you know, Andy, that it exists in several versions. I literally have just, uh, well, I, I went to the Lake Como Film Festival last year, which, uh, uh, which is great, really amazing. And I watched the, 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 la the latest cut. Francis Ford Coppola's, you know, directed cut, cut, cut. From two o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the morning. And it was literally, I've never seen it on the big screen since. I saw it when I was 15. Yeah. And it was amazing. And it was just, you know, it was just, yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. Do you think that there is, I remember seeing Apocalypse Now. I think I must have seen it in, in, in the West End because I saw it. It's the first time I, rem, I really remember not just stereo sound, but the beginning, the helicopters, like you could hear them 
apparently circling around. I don't know how much of that I imagined because I was young, but no, I, have, no, right. I have a really profound memory of that opening yep. being like immersive cinema, like I hadn't experienced before. Did yeah. you have a similar experience? Totally, totally. I mean, literally, no, I, I, I yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> it was, it was, it was absolutely, as you're describing, felt like it was, where, where is this coming from? I mean, the only other experience I had kind of watching something, I, I, when I was about um, 18 years old, I, this it was a weird, this is, sounds quite weird, but I actually worked on security um, for the Pink Floyd, the Wall concert. In wow. Wall. And I tore tickets. I actually tore tickets for um, for uh, Stevie Wonder. I st- I tore Stevie Wonder's ticket. Wow! So but but um, but it's like, yeah. And 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 I saw that show ten nights in a row. And it was and it had that experience. It was you know again. It was obviously the sound felt because it was coming from everywhere. But the but the madness of that show just sort of sur- surrounded me. It was reminiscent of, of, of that experience of watching the popular now. Roger, here we come. Good. Give it all you got. Bring in all your ships. Uh, wing of breath. Don't worry, we'll have this place cleaned up and ready for us in the jiffy, son. Don't you worry. Big Gun 6, this is Sub-1-3. The jet stream by now. There you got about 30 seconds on station. Get your people back and head down. This is going to be a big one. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, all, I mean, all the stuff that you're doing now with uh, the Imaginarian and, and with, you know, pushing forward the boundaries of how films are made in terms of, you know, performance capture and everything that's changed it's it, it all comes down to storytelling and the experience of the story and do you see a line like a, an artistic through line between what Coppola was doing 
you know, with, with Apocalypse Now, you know, we all famously know the stories of him going crazy whilst making it and dedicating, you know, all, all this time. And, and the famous phrase that he used, you know, we were in the jungle, we had too much time, too much money, too much equipment, and one by one we all went insane. But, <laughs> but you know, you've always talked about the technological advancements as, as just being another way of immersing the audience in, in that story. So do you think that there is a continuum between what Coppola was doing with Apocalypse Now and what you're now doing with movies that have, you know, that are very technologically grounded in their creation? I mean, I think, I I think you're right in that, in that it's all about story. So at the end of the day, whether it's, you know, reading it, reading it, out loud for making it come alive for someone or whether it's, you know, you're making avatar five. Um, it, it's, it's, it's all about story and character. So, however, I mean, I've always been fascinated with kind of the future of, you know, next generation storytelling and, 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 we, I think we're at such an, an interesting moment in time where, you know, you have streamers, you've got, you've got cinema, you've got, you know, you've got uh, all, the, all, all the, you know, you've got virtual production so that when you're making a movie, you can basically do pre-visualization in a video game engine and see what the shots are going to look like. And you can do virtual scouting and all of this kind of, all of these kind of things. Um, I, I, but I come from a, a theater background, uh, you know, originally, and uh, that that's never left me as a notion that, that, and I suppose what I'm, what I'm saying is, where, where I think we could be heading is a version of all of these things coming together. And that's what excites me. And, and when, I, when I say all of these things, I think, you know, things like, you know, virtual reality and, and augmented reality and um, a theatre and secret cinema. And, you know, pu- theatre companies like Punch Drunk who do mm-hmm, you know, yeah, experiential theatre, promenade theatre where you're walking in and out of, you're, you know, you're led, not necessarily narratively, but you're led um, into different areas and experience that they their plays you experience not necessarily even in in chronologically how you know or if there is such a thing as chronologically with their with their work but point being i do think we are you know people want to have and when we can all socially gather together to to watch these things which of course we can't at the moment but you know when 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 it is possible again there is this growing I don't know. There's this event hunger that I think continues, and there is a way of bringing performance capture into into live theatre, into you know using you know cinema at the same time. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it's we we're try at the Imaginarium. We're try we've been trying to do different things like that. Like working, we worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company on the Tempest, and mm-hmm. and uh, we we had a, a, an action performance capture suit playing Ariel, and then we were able to project the avatar images of him around on various different surfaces and smoke and on tree bark and all this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and then and then uh, you know. And then at the same time, I, did, I worked on a project where we captured an entire theatre production using AR and uh, and with an idea of, of uh, bottling a performance so that maybe in 10 years time, you've actually got those performances. They came into our studio and we recorded the whole thing. You know, we, then in, in, in 10 or 20 years time, you might want to 
reinvent you have you know the thing about theater of course is once it's gone it's gone but here yeah. you have the, the the base performances which are captured in a bottle if you like but then you can reinterpret those great performances that have been worked on and kind of honed in rehearsal and you know unlike filming where you jumping in and you know you've, you've you, they've actors have had weeks to rehearse and and have honed performances in a run of a play but to take that then and then in 20 years time say redesign it or and make it more accessible to an audience who are living in a different era um to but to have the essence of those performances underlying and, and we, so we, we created a piece which which shrunk uh, the actors down so that you can their tabletop height as a piece of tabletop theater and that you can walk all the way around and have a look at and you know so there's those sorts of things um uh, 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 you know you know, I remember going back to Francis Ford Coppola, you know, he, him saying one day, one, one day we, we'll all be able to make films, basically, that one day an eight-year-old with a, with a video camera will be able to tell, her, you know, her story, or, you know, his story. Um, so I think he was always very, I mean, you know, with, with Zoetrope, what, when he was trying to, you know, use the moving, you know, to the TV-style cameras when he was making one from the heart, that, mm. remember that, which I love that film. Isn't one of them? yeah. Another one of my favourite films, actually. No, that's a that's a beauty and such a great soundtrack. Just oh, incredible, Tom Tom Waits and um, and Crystal Gale, yeah. just amazing. Uh, sorry, I've just rambled hugely. No, but <laughs> but do, do do you think um, do you think that we are going to be back in that in that communal space anytime soon? I mean, the thing that. I don't, and I genuinely don't know the answer to this. And I keep, everyone keeps saying, what do you think? Cinemas are going to open. You know, we hear that um, they're talking about Tenet as a July um, uh, opening. Uh, Bond is still, you know, up for November. You're talking about um, movies being moved back to June of next year. Do you think that, what do you think is going to happen to the theatrical experience? Do you have any sense of how soon we are going to be back in cinemas? I mean, I just keep hearing lots of different things, really. Uh, uh, you know, that sort of the fall, you know, you know, autumn time, you know, things will start to ease up. And then people saying, well, no, because, you know, God forbid there's a second wave and that maybe that might not. But, you know, so it's so it's very, very no, no one knows. It's impossible. It's impossible to know at the moment. Um, you know, in terms of production, I think people are sort of thinking again, September, October, that films are going to start going back into production. This is just what this is hearsay. You know, it's not, you know, it's just what I'm gathering, um, you know, as I talk to people uh, that, that that's, but I think the idea of quite frankly, the idea of people sitting next to someone else at the moment is too terrifying. And, and is, you know, I think it's going to, it's going to be a while before we feel comfortable doing that. I think. And, and even in terms of production, will production have to resume with social distancing? I mean, I was just, we were talking to uh, to George Mackay, the actor, just the other day, and he was saying, well, you know, people are already talking about ways of maybe putting a set together with people keeping distance. Is that a, is that a practicality? Well, here's the thing. I mean, the conventional filming I think has, it, has its problems because film crews are large. And uh, having said that, what is interesting is that the motion capture world absolutely lends itself to to to, to socially distanced performing yeah. because you can you can actually work remotely with another actor you can you can actually do it you know we could do it we could play a scene together with me on the motion capture stage with you 
at home, you know, and, and uh, you, know, play, play, you know, playing opposite me, as long as I'm looking into your eyes, well, I, can, I can play a scene with you. So, so we, you know, the, the, in, in actual fact, what's very interesting is that performance capture and animation at the moment are, I think, going to be able to move ahead a lot quicker because you also don't need huge crews if you're shooting it entirely CG. This is entirely CG now I'm talking about. Yeah. Not, 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 not shooting forms capture on a live action set like on the Apes movies where obviously sure. that's a film crew plus a motion captured. I'm talking about purely um, performance capture driven in a, in a motion capture volume. Um, yeah. I, I, that, that is very, very doable. And so I think there are, interesting there's there's some movement around you know creating creating um content using using you know either either straight up animation where you can you know you can create storyboards and develop the story and do do that because everyone works sort of in isolation anyway in, in that respect from a visual in the visual effects world so so i think certainly that i think has huge potential right now um um, you know, adult animation as well as family-oriented uh, animation. Um, I think I think there's definitely possibilities there. Film, you know, conventional filming. I mean, I've you know I've heard talk again uh, of you know crews, you know, having two crews and switching them up and cleaning the gear and all, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know about socially distancing while you're actually playing a scene. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Um, I suppose you can cheat. You can cheat close up so that they're not, you know, you're not necessarily very close to that person and you have distance. Again, once you're looking into the eyes of another actor, those things are achievable. Yeah, I mean, my, I, I, I imagine that the only way you could do it is actually to, to, to completely isolate a cast together for the well, period, yeah. for, 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 for the period of time. But I mean, but it, it I sound... I, when I start talking about it, I feel like I'm talking like a J.G. Ballard novel or like a science fiction novel. It's like we are now living in a in such a strange reality yeah. that that perhaps it will take something like the the incredible science of performance capture and what's now being, you know, to to actually bring us all back together again, which is which is a very interesting prospect. Well, it's it's certainly again it's it's story and character, but and 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 you you know that. And also because it's become, um, you know, usable uh, uh, for streamers, for TV, for TV, which is of course how we're all watching at the moment. Yeah. Uh, to go to cinema, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it does lend, and, and the, the combination of that and, and in-game engine real-time rendering, which means you can keep the costs down. It means that you can, design, you know, I can come up with an idea, design you know have characters designed working with someone remotely uh i can go into the motion capture studio and work with a handful of people make get that character up and running environments can be designed it's very doable it's very doable at the moment so i think there might well be a sort of uh, it could be quite potentially useful for this moment in time I have a suspicion that in the future, to bring this to an end, I have a suspicion that in the future, people will look back on on your career particularly and in the, the transition that you've made from uh, theatre into the very cutting edge of where we now are with technological advancement and see it as a pivotal moment in the evolution of, of the art form. I honestly think, Andy, that what you're doing is really artistically crucial to what's happening to cinema and I, I I'm going to close by asking you whether whether you have any sense of that at all 
do you do you have do you ever feel like I'm on the we are on the cusp of something that is literally world changing in terms of the the movement of the uh, the artistic process? Well, I think I think every generation feels they are, and because we are, you know, you go back to early cinema and and and, and sound cinema coming in. I was looking yesterday at um, you know the jazz singer, and just I was just looking at there was an article about about the progression of how sound was used, and we were watching have to be watching Mutiny on the Bounty with Charles Lawton last night with uh, our you know the kids' grandparents who are now here with us, um, and 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 you know every. Generation, well, things you know, things things do progress, but I do think going back to the Francis Ford Coppola thing, you know, that that there has been there has been an explosion in the, in the, in the last you know twenty years um, with a, one one of course the internet, which is a huge part of it, and uh, video game engine technology, um, which was looked down on for for as 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 a, as a very lower art form. You know, it's become completely central to to, to making films now. Um, you know, big, big, you know, big films. You know, not in order small independent films, but but certainly the big movies. Um, so, so I so I do think. I mean, I, and I just feel very lucky to have sort of landed at a moment where, as from a originally from an acting perspective, where suddenly this this tool arrived, which enabled you to play anything, and I, and that was that has been so exciting and, you know, completely a banana curve in my career. I didn't intend to, I really thought I was just going to go back to conventional acting after the Lord of the Rings. I never thought it was, you know, I never thought anything else was going to be possible, but then you just see all of the strands of all of these tools that are available. Um, and then you look at what people can achieve at home, um, you know, working remotely, but, but creating movies on iPhones and and you know creating music and you know it, the, the the availability to express oneself now is just you know it, it's just exponentially massive compared to when we were growing up and you, we tried to put together mixtapes and uh, you know, <laughs> together Super Eight and you know it, or, or, you know I mean it's 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 a different it is a different world yeah. Well, listen. Um, I, I wish you all the very best. I can't wait for this, what this, what we're going through now, to be to be at an end, and so everybody can sort of see each other, you know, again, and you know, shake hands again. Yeah. Um, but until then, stay well, stay safe. Um, I think you're you're a real inspiration, Andy, and uh, you know, ca- carry on, carry on fighting the good fight. Right. It's lovely to see you, and uh, hopefully we'll get to play together sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a. You, you have to come on the show and actually, actually play the music. All right, take care. All right, look after yourself. Take care. Yeah. Great to see you. The great Andy Circus talking to me for the most recent MK3D online show. As you probably know, that show usually takes place at the BFI South Bank, but obviously at the moment the BFI South Bank is closed, so we've moved it online for the moment. It'll probably stay online for a few months more. Do go and check out the show. It's got Monica Dolan, Simon Bird, Jason Isaacs, and Andy Circus. It's on the BFI's YouTube channel. If you've enjoyed listening to that interview as well, then why not go to the Kermode on Film Patreon page? There's a load of extras there, extra video extra audio lots and lots of exclusive content please do check it out thanks for listening stay safe tell your friends remember to subscribe and keep watching the skies
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.